Good morning, good morning, good morning. Let's get this thing uh, rolling. Um, so just heads up, you know, baby is stirring. A little shifting right now. So if he does wake up, I'll be uh, ending this thing short. But wanted to give you guys uh, 21 minutes of my time to go ahead and really talk about filmmaking. Um, more with a specific focus on YouTubing in this one. Uh, but definitely overall just filmmaking and pull this back just a little bit so that we're getting a little bit more of my head uh, in frame for uh, Instagram so what is up Facebook YouTube Twitter Instagram Twitch uh, hope everyone is doing well and uh, let's go ahead and jump into this so let's see what we got here uh, da, da, da. set a goal. How do I recruit? Which would be better for a 30 minute YouTube video of me playing five songs with some friendly banter in between? Upload the 30 minute, chop up each of the five so songs and upload separately, or C, leave it 30 minutes but put timestamps in the descriptions? I'd say the latter. I think uh, it's okay to have a long piece, 30 minutes, um, where you have this really long uh, piece where you're enjoying yourself and all that. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with also, if they're five minutes, uploading them all separate as well. You'll see that a lot for um, YouTube podcasts a lot. They'll have the long form podcast for uh, hour, two hours, but then they'll chop up like uh, one minute, two minute, five minute, ten minute clips. Uh, so that's much better reach, much better spread. Let's see. Uh, da, da, da. How do I make money? Uh, these are some. Let's see. Why is my YouTube channel not growing? I have put. I have been implementing a lot of strategies with still no growth. I do product reviews and comparisons. So I get that. I feel that. Um, I am sorry that your YouTube channel is not growing. You are not alone in this, but there are things that you can do to either like YouTube right now it has been put on like a pedestal as the thing. Um, almost like when TV was out, HBO was the thing, or, you know, Cinemax was the thing. Um, and things are shifting. Things are shifting um, to Instagram Reels. Things are shifting to TikTok. Things are shifting quite quickly. And so I think pretty soon YouTube is going to have to adjust as well. Because what's happening is they're not giving their small creators the views or the recognition that they deserve. Like you have people that are at the top that are continuing to get more and more and more. And then you have all of us at the bottom because uh, they know what they what they like. They know what they, uh, you know, they know they want, but it's really, really hard to break through. And that's not to say that that's completely wrong. It's to say that we're if you're getting into YouTube right now, you're you're late to the game. You're extremely late to the game. Um, and things have already shifted, you know what I mean? So what you need to do is either one, I think what you're doing is uh, doing product reviews and comparisons is the way to go. Um, 
that's definitely good. Uh, that's the best type of content for YouTube uh, product uh, reviews uh, because people will be searching specifically those things. But if you're not having any breakthrough, maybe you're you're having this this um, uh, these vibes for YouTube, like this dream of being Casey Neistat, and maybe it's not that. And maybe you need to make the shift, right? Shifting from YouTube, maybe you post on YouTube, but you also post on Instagram, you post on TikTok, you post on you know uh, Snapchat, you post on LinkedIn, you post on all the platforms. And I promise you, I promise you, the one, two, three, ten, thirty views that you're getting right now, you'll get those immediately, especially on TikTok and Instagram Reels, because what happens is that content is fast content, and the most important thing right now is attention and time. Like, I, I'm a parent. I cannot watch a two-hour film. I can't even barely even watch a 10-minute film right now uh, because of just how many things are going on all at once. So being able to, learning how to create 15-second, 20-second clips. What are you doing, kitty? 15-second, 20-second clips that um, really hit home, that's super smart. So, okay, on to the next one. What are the best editing apps for YouTube videos that are completely free? I can't really advise completely free. I use Final Cut Pro on Mac, and it is well, well worth the $200 that I spent. Um, you could use iMovie, I guess. iMovie also is good. It's not about the software specifically, though that will help you get through the task quicker. Understanding storytelling and, and story making is the most important thing that you can focus on. You'll see a lot of vanilla, a lot of like just very, I don't know, I don't even want to say garbage content, but just like a lot of times the story is going on way too long. Like we get it, we understand it. So moving, understanding how to move pace and uh, for today's culture is super important, but yeah, I'd say iMovie, I guess, if you can't, you know, buy anything, but $200 investment in Final Cut Pro is uh, definitely way to get to wait, the way to go. Uh, let's see what else we have. How do I advance? New year. What advice? What are the best ways to increase my watch hours? Um, again, kind of the same thing, right? Like things to increase, you can, the only way to increase your watch hours is one time, time goes by, uh, figuring out what content pops for you specifically on YouTube. Like for me, I can get four or five times the amount of reach or watch, watches or whatever on YouTube by doing tech reviews. It's it's absolutely, it's every single time I put out any sort of tech review, it far outperforms all of my other content. The problem with that is I'm not, I don't really care that much about making tech reviews. Like I like to talk about tech, um, but I'm at this point right now where I have to select like 10 things that I use. And so like talking about all this other tech is, it's almost like, 
I don't know, one, it's not super interesting because it's not the things that I use on a day-to-day basis, right? And also it's a little bit like if I'm trying to convince you or try to tell you that this one thing is good, but I'm using something else, is that being like, I almost thought about making a show where it's like what not to buy on YouTube. And I, cause I have all this gear, like a lot, a lot of gear. And like the gear, the, the show is pretty much like, don't buy this thing. And here's why, cause everyone's telling you to buy all these things. Um, so, uh, really just, um, Figuring out what your niche is, what performs well, looking at your YouTube analytics uh, is a good way of going about it. Because there will always be, if you look in your YouTube analytics, there's always videos that outperform the other ones. Like the Zoom uh, H4n and Zoom H1 uh, videos, those are like my top videos. And the DJI ones are my top videos. So if I were to progressively make more, and also the iPhone, like the Apple uh, videos, if I were to make more and more of those videos, then that uh, would easily be, I could easily increase my views and watch time on YouTube. Um, also just being more engaging, right? You gotta, like, you can't waste people's time. So getting better with film, getting better with editing is also another thing. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? I'm gonna, like, we've been answered a lot of YouTube questions. I'm gonna, like, skip and answer more like film making in general questions um, just to kind of broaden us a little bit. Um, let's see, short filmmaking. I don't know if this is going to be the thing, but uh, let's try it out. I have a Godox LED 1000 in two in mind to improve my videos, but I want to know if the bicolor version would be more useful don't have this light, don't know what light you're specifically referring to, but I can talk about lighting specifically. What's up everyone on Instagram? Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> That's dope. Um, I, can, I can talk specifically about lighting, right? So right now, if you look at my lighting, my lighting is actually garbage, but you have a, um, you have a balance. When you're making films, right? you have the difference between super high quality production and very limited set, or you can go with ridiculously good story and not like in, and understand what's around you in your natural environment and how to kind of manipulate that a little bit, but kind of almost like, like you, you either have really, really good story, uh, which allows you to move fast with, mm, subpar okay lighting or you have ridiculously beautiful lighting with very restricted spacing because it takes a lot of time to move these lights set them up get them in the right thing um so i would say i'm just going to tell you what lights that i use when i'm trying to like shoot something nice and fancy and then i'll tell you what my go-to is right now and how i'm filmmaking and using the lights that are around me so I'm using, uh, let's see if I pull this thing down real quick, take two seconds. I'm using the Godox SL60W. Um, this light right here, so I'm using this light right here. This is what's called a dome light. I'll back up a little bit more so we can see it a little bit better. This is a dome light. Um, the base right here, 
the light down. Okay. Disconnects like that. But this is pretty much the light that it's $150. Uh, and that might be with the actual um, the kit, I can't remember. Puts out a ridiculous amount of light, looks really good. Build quality is great. I recommend this to anyone. It's a really, really nice light. It doesn't come with a light stand, um, but you can buy one for $20 or something like that off Amazon. But here's the problem, right? You saw how big this was. Like this big old dome and this light. Like I can't take this all around with me all the time. Um, and that's where you get into that problem, right? So you can have, let me break this down real quick. have really good um, lighting, right? But you are very limited to where you can go with it. And that, a lot of times when you're making films, it restricts you uh, or it kills your creativity. So I recommend maybe doing like an interview, right? You do an interview with your really nice, beautiful light setup. And then you use something more like, make sure that doesn't fall off. Then you use something more like these, right? So look, look at this. This, this size plus the dome, and then we have like this little tiny, tiny light. So these are the Aperture MCs, um, and I love these things. They're about a hundred dollars each. Definitely not to put out like the output that the big light puts out, uh, but they are they charge via USB-C. And honestly, they actually break down even further down to like to this size, right? So you've got this to that, which is crazy. Um, but you you could use these. Let me pull this off. You can use these either like you have your camera up. I'm not going to pull. Actually, I got another camera. Two seconds. You could take your camera, right, and you could technically, wherever you are, put it out like this and then have your light in the other arm up a little bit higher. You turn it on. Let me just see if these are turned on. So you blast me real quick. Da, da, da. Let's see. We got like 1% here. So you see how the light's going, you know, further up and up and up and up. Right? That's, that's what you could do. And this is diffusion. It's not perfect, it's not amazing, but it is great when you're on a run gun type situation where you're like, okay, let's get this. And this is kind of what I do. I care more about just like going about it um, than having the best lighting always. And take it, this is really great, this is a really great light. You know, it's well worth your investment. But so are these, or better yet, understanding how sunlight works. If you don't have money to purchase lights, which that's okay, 
using any, this is, it seems so cliche, but it's the truth. If you go up to any window during the daytime, it's your absolute best light, always. You can literally point your camera, this is the window, right? Literally point your camera, you know, at you and you're right next to the window, that's it. And it really looks good. So um, that's how I'm shooting. I guess I'll move on to the next question. Probably answer like two or three more questions and then like pop off here. Cool, cool, cool. Let's see what we got here. Um, we've got, how do I get into filmmaking when I have no money? Common question, right? Uh, it's all, it's, it's the same answer building up, right? So you guys are super beneficial to the point. I don't, my iPhone's right here. It's being used at the Instagram camera. Um, but it's super like iPhones these days are ridiculous, like absolutely ridiculous. I'll pretend this is my iPhone for a minute. Um, if you have no camera, use the camera you have. It sounds absolutely lame and stupid and gross, but it's the truth, right? You have no money. How do you get more gear? Well, either you decide to like save up and buy a camera, which I recommend. This isn't the camera I recommend, but it's a camera in my hand. Uh, Rebel T6, or not Rebel T6, this is the Rebel T6, but I recommend getting, if you're really serious about filmmaking, you want to like really invest, I would recommend getting the um, SL3, the Canon SL3. It's like $400, $500 camera. Um, it's pretty much what I've shot all of my films on. And then when you have time and not a kit lens, I would recommend the Sigma 17-50 to lens, which is um, about $300. Or if you're just more focused on filming everything, the Canon 10 to 18 is a good lens, good starter lens as well for getting everything in frame so you don't have to worry about it. But the question is really, how do I start filmmaking? How do I get, um, how do you get into filmmaking when you have no money? That's, that's it, use your iPhone, use your regular phone, you learn about how lighting works, you learn about how sound works, you, edit, you learn what you don't like about that footage, and then you take the time, like, okay, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and invest a little bit of money now that I'm serious about this. Two more questions and I'm out. Um, what would benefit me more, putting on a play or making a short film? I don't know, I've never done a play, so I can't really speak to plays. Uh, so I'm gonna go with short film, but you know, that's biased. Um, that one didn't really count. How long on average might it take to edit images, audio, and video clips to make a five minute film? I guess what he's probably asking is how long does it take to create a five minute film? It depends, right? You got two different types of films. I'll, we'll just break it into two. One is talking head, right? Basic talking head, I'm just talking to the camera. There's nothing wrong with the talking head, nothing. It's not gonna be as glamorous and fancy and flashy and all that, but Right now, I'm doing a talking head. I'm sitting here relaying information to you. And what's crappy is when someone has to walk, listen to a talking head and they're trying to be pitched to buy something. Like it just is, it feels wrong. So when you're doing talking heads, maybe try to like just be informative. Like tell, give information, good, give good value. 
That's how you're going to stimulate people is by giving good value, not by trying to take from them. That's the only way they're going to stick around and listen to you talk and see your head for five minutes. Um, on the flip of that, you have creative films, right? And this could take anywhere, like if you're in the question is to edit together a film, this could take anywhere from two hours to eight hours to hell 12 hours. I, I, 12 hours on my crazy high side, but a lot of times the misconception is like the shorter the film, the less time it takes, but it's actually the opposite. And this goes for anything, right? You have a lot of footage, say, say you have four hours worth of footage. Well, getting four hours of footage down to five minutes, is that making it make sense and making it visually feel good? That's actually a huge task. Um, so what I, like for me specifically, this is how I cut down, this, is, this will just be my last answer to a question, but it's a big one is how do you cut down massive amounts of footage into something that feels really good and coherent and is fast-paced and moves quickly but doesn't lose itself. Um, and a lot of you guys have probably seen the flipbook style that I, that I have or you'll probably be seeing more of this coming out because this is what I did to hack the system back when I was just learning filmmaking. Uh, when you have a ridiculous amount of footage there are a couple things that are happening within that footage. Let's just say you took your camera and you record it nonstop, right? That's kind of what basic, usually when you first start going, you're just recording and you don't know when to start or stop. So you're like just recording everything that's happening, <laughs> um, which you'll get the tone and voice of when to not, when you don't need to, because you don't need to do this. Like filming nonstop, I highly don't recommend, but this is typically what you start out with doing, like just recording everything, or I'm just gonna record all of this. There is actually a huge benefit in recording everything, but we'll talk about that next time. But what you're typically left with are these type of shots. Listen, you have your talking headshot where you're pointing the camera out and you're talking. You're maybe talking for 15 seconds or a minute, but you're not holding it out for that long, but you're just talking. This could even be it sitting down, and it you're talking to it for a while. Um, then you also, then you have the shots where you're moving around like this. They're moving shots. You're just going and moving. This could even be you just not even talking, but you're moving. And then the last type of shot that you really have is the long shot where the sh camera is not moving at all. It's in place. It's locked. It's, there's no, there's nothing it's just sitting on something, you're not moving it. When you have those type of shots, which most all films are made up of all those things, randomly, whether it's good at it and good footage or not good footage, you can hack the system too. You can literally like exploit this thing. So what I do for, I actually am editing right now, like I have my day, I have like 12 hour, uh, I've, I'm just recording everything right now, not because I don't know what I'm doing, but because I'm doing a completely different project, but 12 hours of footage. What you can do is you can scan through and see anytime the audio waves are going up, you'll know that's probably when you're talking. So you can literally mark the, that segment as talking head. And you just go through all the footage that you have where the audio waves are up 
there may be a couple mistakes where it's not that. That's okay, whatever, who cares? Then you go through all, and you can do this simultaneously at the same time as you're just going through. Then you're going through and you're looking for any spots where there is no camera movement, none at, at all. You're just going through, so you clip that beginning one, and then when the camera gets picked up again, wherever you're moving it to or whatever that is, you cut that and you mark that as a locked shot. And you go, go through, so you have talking shed, you have locked shots, and then the rest of it's more of the camera's moving. And it could be that's really bad shaky footage or it could just be that it's, you know, handheld footage. Um, once you do that, what you can do is you can take all that footage. One, typically, if the, if the talking head is longer than a minute, that's a rant. You're not going to probably use that in your five minute film, but you can use that as a whole other talking head film itself. So I'd mark that as focus or rant um, and move those out of that film completely. You're just not, you, you just don't want to go through and try to figure out stuff. All the other ones that are less than a minute, you probably can get away with shortening every single one of those to 10 seconds or 15 seconds to move it. If you're talking longer than 10 to 15 seconds uh, in a film, if you're trying to move it fast, it's probably too long. All the lock shots, you could actually cut in between the times within them and show transitional. You'll see this like in Frozen and things like that in movies where time is progressing. You can either speed you can either speed it up like you see in Casey Neistat films where it's just like or you can transition it because it's a lock shot. Nothing's really moving but the characters inside. So the you can fade in the characters as time progresses within that time space. Or you could chop it, you know, chop four or five different things, like boom, 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 like time has progressed. So you can use those lock shots in a, in a very um, creative way. They don't have to be boring five minutes of the camera just sitting there doing nothing. Um, and then for the moving shots, you're, you're going to want to cut those down to like five seconds. And when you do that, you have your lock shots that are like one or two or three or four seconds. You have your moving shots, which are about five seconds maybe, and you have your talking head shots, which are like 10 to 15 seconds, all of a sudden the whole day moves way faster within that edit. And it may be that it's 20 minutes and then you cut that 20 minutes down to 10 minutes, then down to five, I don't know. Anyways, hope that helped. I know that was like a super long answer, but it's very important when you're first getting started editing and you know, have no clue what to do with all this footage that you have. It's very common. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, this episode of um, working with filmmakers. Um, if you have any questions, uh, drop me a DM. Or if you'd like me to interview you on the show, if you are a filmmaker or a YouTuber uh, or whatever, uh, I'd love to have you. All right. Till next time. Peace out. All right. And end broadcast on this side. Peace out, Instagram. Let's see, where is it at? Let's go ahead and click on this one right here. I think you got to click the X right there. End now. And peace out, Twitch. See you guys later.